emanating from www.michaelnimmons.com. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Michael Eric Dyson. This is Rochelle Riley, straight out of Detroit. This is Dr. Victoria Dooley at Dr. Dooley MD. Well, everybody, it's your boy, comedian Jay Stevens. This is Frederick D. Haynes III. I am Justin Coates, an author and anti-bullying activist. I am Pam Perry. Hey, everybody, this is Rochelle V. Mann, CEO of Man Made Productions. This is Bree Diane, international evangelist. Hey, this is Candace Pretty Strange Smith. And what's up? This is Ty Scott King. I was cracking Planet Earth. It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemeth. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud Radio Show welcome to Emmy Award winning WXYZ Channel 7 anchor woman and new friend of the show, Miss Carolyn Clifford. Well, thank you, Michael, and what a nice introduction. So happy to be here. You know what I've got to do. i got to check out my man, Michael Nimmons, who is handling his business as he drops that knowledge. I like that because Frederick Douglass, for whom I'm named, says that knowledge unfits us for slavery. Truth sets us free. If you want to be free, you want to be like Mike. Check out the best radio show online. You're locked in right now to our listening. You're tuned into the... And without thinking about it, guess what? I'm thinking out loud right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And if you want to stay in the know, you better be listening to Thinking Out Loud radio show. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Check out Thinking Out Loud. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't you dare touch that dial. The Thinking Out Loud radio show with Michael Nimmons. Featuring author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. Show featuring speaker, author, and life coach Daryl Woods Jr. Uh, serving 29 years or so, Daryl Woods Jr. was one years old when his dad went to prison. So, Daryl, I want to know from you how has your father's life impacted your life and your career? Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. In a, in a huge way, my dad has been in prison since I was one years old. Uh, children with their parents that are incarcerated like five times more likely to go to prison and, you know, kind of repeat the same thing that they, their parents did. So, but in this case, it's, you know, it's totally opposite. Um, although my dad wasn't necessarily 
present in my life. He did have a tremendous presence in my life. And You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons and the Thinking Out Loud radio show for over 10,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, and now available at michaelnimmons.com. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nemens. And you're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. And boy, do we have a great show in store for you. We're so thankful for you uh, tuning in to us on tonight. We truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, We're very excited about the show that we have in store for you. We're going to be discussing the Netflix docuseries, When They See Us. Uh, I am uh, thrilled to have my good friend, attorney, and pastor, Boyd White, uh, on the show with us on tonight. And I can't wait to get into this interview. Uh, We'll be sharing it with you in uh, just a little bit, but... Uh, I, um, I'm sure uh, that this is going to be a discussion that you're going to be blessed by. We um, uh, saw this uh, Netflix uh, special uh, about a month or so ago, and uh, the first thing we thought of was to do a show to talk about it because um, there were so many people that uh, were talking about it on social media, making posts about it, and some that were not even able to get through the entire series because it was so controversial and and um, and 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 really difficult to watch. Uh, but um, we were able to uh, complete the series, and we reached out to uh, our friend uh, and brother attorney and pastor Boyd White to do the same, and. He um he did do that for us and um we were able to record a interview that uh, I think is um uh, one that you will uh, certainly gain a lot of insights uh, and uh you know we're we're, we're af- actually looking for uh, your feedback as well. Um, you can always uh, leave your comments at us at TOL Radio Host MSN. Uh, send us an email at contact at michaelnimmons.com. Go to our website, uh, leave us a comment there. Uh, you can do it on our um, Thinking Out Loud uh, show page, or uh, you can do it right from our 
post the blog post entitled When They See Us. Go to michaelnemis.com there and you can leave us a comment. People are going to our blog and reading it and we discuss some of that. Uh, uh, some of what we discuss uh, in tonight's show is also in our blog as well. So there are a lot of ways that you can contribute to the discussion on tonight and uh, this is going to be broken up into two parts. Uh, part one is tonight and then we're going to share with you the conclusion of our discussion on next Tuesday uh, and um, I hope that you will be blessed. In fact, I know that you will be blessed by it. I can't wait to share this interview with you. But before we do that, we've uh, got some other things we want to take care of and cover on tonight in our What Are You Thinking About segment. Of course, we're going to be talking about what are you thinking about, uh, some of the stories that, some of the top stories that you're thinking about. Uh, of course, Trump's racist comments and the four congresswoman's response to it. I'm sure you all aware of what's going on there. If not, we'll get into that in just a little bit. And uh, we also... Um, heard about or, or we saw the story that broke the, earlier today um, about uh, no charges uh, being filed no federal charges being filed against the officer who choked Eric Garner uh, to death uh, and uh, the very uh, very sad and tragic event that took place uh, I believe it was um Five years ago, we'll get into that as well. I think there was a definite, definite miscarriage of justice, and we'll talk about that in our "What Are You Thinking About" segment. And to round out the topics for uh, that segment, we're going to end uh, talking about uh, former President Barack Obama. That's right. Uh, there's a life-size statue of him that was unveiled. I believe it was over the weekend uh, in South Dakota, and uh, I. Uh, uh, I was very uh, moved by uh, this article that I read and, uh, you know, again, I think uh, very highly of him and um, I think he will go down in history as one of the most transformative presidents of the of these United States. Um, and um, uh, there's no question about that. And for him to be the first African-American president and to say that about him, I think is um uh, speaks volumes about uh, his character, about uh, who he is as a person, and what he what he did and was able to do as president of the United States. So, I'm looking forward to talking about that in just a few minutes. And then, of course, we're going to be uh, closing our sh our show out after our discussion with uh, Attorney and Pastor Boyd White uh, uh, with uh, our thought of the week, which we. Um, which we're calling When We See Us. You know, Ava DuVernay uh, talked about when they see us, but I want to turn that discussion around towards us on tonight, and I want us to ask the question when we see us, or want us to think about uh, that uh, think about it from that perspective, not what, not when they see us or the perspective that they have of us, but I want us to think about the perspective that we have of ourselves. 
And we'll get into that in our thought of the week. So we got a great show in store for you tonight. Again, I'm so happy that you've tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, we are uh, inching very close to 20,000 streams and downloads, guys. We're less than uh, 50 or so um, streams and downloads to hitting that uh, mark of 20,000 streams and downloads. And we could not have done it without you. Thank you so very much uh, for tuning in, for subscribing to the podcast, for posting and sharing some of our posts on social media. We truly appreciate it, liking it and and um, and all that you do. We truly, truly appreciate it. Um, you know, uh, in fact, in, in another couple of weeks, we're going to be celebrating our second year anniversary of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I can't believe it, guys. We're over a hundred shows in now. And um, I'm just, again, pinching myself every time we do a show. Uh, just thanking you. Those that are listening for the first time, we truly appreciate you. Do us a favor. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. What that does is help us to rise in some of the rankings. We're all available on all the major uh, podcasting networks, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio. Tune in and on michaelnemis.com plus a whole lot of other places. So we truly appreciate you taking the time out today to stream us or download the podcast or however you plan on or however you listen uh, or listening to the show. We thank you so very much. But do us a favor. Tell somebody about our show. Rate, review, and subscribe Subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We would love to hear from you. Even drop us a line. Email us at contact at michaelnemons.com. Add us at, uh, on Twitter at TOL Radio Host MSN. That's our personal uh, uh, Twitter account. And on Instagram at TOL Radio Host MSN. Or our radio show accounts at, at the TOL Radio Show on Instagram and TOL Radio Show on Twitter. So a lot of great, a lot of places you can contact us. If you forget all that, just go right to our website, and we'll be able to. Uh, you'll be able to see all the different ways that you can reach out to us, and we would greatly appreciate it. With that being said, we got a great show for you tonight. So let's get to it. You is live. A sea of race fists and silence. 2020 fight is getting very real. Democrats jumping in, speaking out. Jussie Smollett. A month ago, few people knew who he was. You're watching The Breakfast Club. If you take it all into consideration, Stephen A. Listen, the argument that where, where you absolutely disgust me. I'm dilemma right now. How you feeling? Better than I deserve. You feel better today? I'm getting there. Yeah. What are you thinking about?
What's up, everybody? Uh, this is a What Are You Thinking About segment for the July 16th edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show where we talk about what you are thinking about. That's right. And we're kicking off tonight's edition of the What Are You Thinking About segment talking about a story that broke this morning uh, about um, Eric Garner. If you recall, uh, he was the uh, black man that was choked to death by... Uh, a white police officer uh, In fact a gang of police officers In New York five years ago And uh, this story Broke this morning that uh, Federal charges will not Be filed against The officer who is responsible For choking Eric Garner to death according to CNN The Justice Department is not Bringing federal charges against A New York Police Department officer Accused of fatally choking Eric Garner the New York man whose last words, I can't breathe, became a rallying cry in the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, this story is entitled, Prosecutors Say They Could Not Prove NYPD Officer Acted Willfully in Eric Garner's Death. And that right there is... Uh, you know, very, very surprising, especially given the fact that there is video of this officer uh, willfully choking this black man to death uh, in front of everybody. Uh, there were, you know, Eric Garner, he was a, a heavy set black man and it took several officers to subdue him. Uh, but one officer um, just basically choked the life out of him right in front of us. And uh, you, you heard Eric Garner say, according to reports, 11 times, that I can't breathe and this officer did not stop choking Eric Gardner until he eventually passed out and ultimately was suffocated to death and um, I just cannot believe this is a uh, um, a, a huge miscarriage of justice uh, in this case um, this officer should not just be in prison he should be under the under the prison federal authorities had a deadline of Wednesday five years since Garner's death to decide whether to bring charges against NYD NYPD officer Daniel Panta and uh, Pantaello uh, Pantiello, the officer appeared in a cell phone video to have Garner in a chokehold shortly before he died. Pantiello denies that he used a chokehold. I mean, how can you deny it when a chokehold is it, when it was something that everybody saw? You have witnesses that were not even there. That could corroborate the story that this man was choked to death. There's pictures. Uh, in fact, the uh, one of the pictures in this particular article has the officer uh, hands around his throat, um, basically his arm around his throat, choking him to death while he is um, uttering the words, I can't breathe. Um, of course, uh, Attorney General William Barr, we all know he's a familiar face in the Trump administration, made the decision not to bring charges against Pantello, deciding with the Justice Department team from New York over his own civil rights division in Washington due to concerns that prosecutors could not successfully prove the officer acted willfully. A senior Justice Department official said this is so tragic. And, um, 
justice definitely was not served in this matter. Charges should have been filed against this officer. Uh, Donahue uh, says, while willfulness may be inferred from blatantly wrongful conduct, which we saw, such as a gratuitous kick to the head, an officer's mistake, fear, misperception, or even poor judgment does not constitute willful conduct under federal criminal civil rights law. It's unbelievable, guys. Really can't understand this. And um I just can't I, I just can't understand. And we we empathize with the mother Garner, uh, Eric Garner's mother, who said five years ago, my son said, I can't breathe eleven times. And today, we can't breathe because they let us down. And we certainly agree with you on today, Gwen, that um, this was a huge miscarriage of justice. And our country, our criminal justice department has let us as a community down once again. We'd love to get your thoughts and opinions of this story. Again, you can add us to TOL Radio Host MSN or... Email us at contact at michaelnemons.com. Uh, this story definitely is one that, um, you know, really resonates with me again because of, um, I mean, this was one we saw happen right in front of us. All of us saw it unfold right before our eyes and for nothing to be done. You know, yes, these the, the Garner family got a settlement from the city of New York, but money cannot bring a son back. Money cannot bring uh, a loved one back uh, in this in this instance. So, you know, we empathize with the family and um, our thoughts and prayers again are with them in this situation. Also, another thing that uh, you're talking about and definitely we're thinking about or we're thinking you're thinking about it and we're talking about it. Is uh, Trump's racist comments over the weekend that he tweeted out uh, regarding the four Congresswomen, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ayanna Presley, Ilhan Omar, and Rashida Tlaib. Um, just uh, unbelievable comments that uh, really have no place uh, in this country, especially uh, as uh, Ayanna Presley calls him the occupant of uh, the White House. Uh, just uh, really um, disparaging comments, racist comments uh, that even his own party hasn't owned up to. And I, I just can't really believe it, um, you know, uh, but these four women recently had a press conference to uh, address uh, the president's racist comments. And I want to share with you a little bit of what they said. Take a listen. Well, first, I want to say uh, thank you to all of you for uh, and I want to send a message of gratitude and thanks to the solidarity that we have received from every corner of our country, from our colleagues to our neighbors. We are grateful for your solidarity, your encouragement and your support in the face of the most recent xenophobic bigoted remarks from the occupant of our White House. I will always refer to him as the occupant as he is only occupying space. He does not embody the grace, the empathy, the compassion, the integrity 
that that office requires and that the American people deserve. That being said, I encourage the American people and all of us in this room and beyond to not take the bait. This is a disruptive distraction from the issues of care, concern, and consequence to the American people. That we were sent here with a decisive mandate from our constituents to work on. Everything from reducing the cost of prescription drugs to addressing our affordable housing crisis, to ensuring that the American people have more than health insurance, but health care. More recently, thanks to the partnership of Chairman Elijah Cummings and the advocacy of myself and a coalition of advocates I've worked with for decades, we held the first hearing on childhood trauma. And in sitting in that hearing, as we heard about the many manifestations and iterations of childhood trauma in the wake of the public health crisis and epidemic that is gun violence, in the wake of PTSD, in the wake of those battling substance abuse disorder and a host of other things, it was impossible not to think of the trauma that is being inflicted upon children every day at our border. At the end of the day, if we improve the conditions of children in a cage, they are still in a cage. And we are viscerally, vigorously, and fundamentally opposed to the criminalizing, the vilifying, the mass detention and deportation of migrant families who are simply doing what is their legal human right, and that is to seek asylum. In the tradition of who we say we are as a country, a beacon of light and hope and of refuge. This is simply a disruption and a distraction from the callous, chaotic, and corrupt culture of this administration all the way down. We want to get back to the business of the American people and why we were sent here, reducing the cost of prescription drugs, addressing the public health crisis and epidemic that is gun violence, addressing the racial wealth gap, and yes, making sure that families stay together. I also would like to just underscore the fact that despite the occupant of the White House attempts to marginalize us and to silence us, please know that we are more than four people. We ran on a mandate to advocate for and to represent those ignored, left out, and left behind. Our squad is big. Our squad includes any person committed to building a more equitable and just world. And that is the work that we want to get back to. And given the size of this squad and this great nation, we cannot, we will not be silenced. And now I'll invite Representative Omar to offer a few words as well. I won't share with you what uh, President Trump said in this segment because we talk about it uh, during our discussion with attorney and Pastor Boyd White. But uh, he's basically saying in so many words for these congresswomen to go back to the country they came from and uh, for a sitting president to say this about uh, four duly elected Congress uh, women of color is um, um, 
is is uh, deplorable. It's it's despicable. It's disgusting rhetoric coming from the Oval Office, and sh- it should not be accepted or acceptable uh, from anyone uh, sitting in that position of power. I'd love to get your thoughts and feedback on that. Again, if you haven't seen it yet, you can go to our Facebook.com. Go to our fan page, Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. And you can see this article and you'll be able to to watch the entire press conference from these four young women. And I have to tell you that um, Ilhan Omar... Oman is um, is really ri- a rising star. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is definitely a rising star in the Democratic Party. But I must say that Ilhan Oman is definitely a rising star in my in my playbook. And I really uh, appreciate her words. I, I uh, wanted to play them, but don't really have time in this segment. But I want you to go and check her comments out. Uh, you can again, again go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. You'll be able to see the entire press conference they held on yesterday. And finally, to round out uh, our our What Are You Thinking About segment for this uh, Tuesday's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we're talking about uh, my favorite president, everybody's favorite president, President Barack Obama. That's right. Um, just recently, in fact, uh, I believe it was, might have been over the weekend exactly uh, that a uh, statue was uh, unveiled of President Obama. According to uh, the blog, because of them, we can new Barack Obama statue unveil and is full of black girl magic. That's right, guys. A full size, life size uh, uh, statue of President Obama holding his daughter Sasha's hand was unveiled in South Dakota city of President's Project. Sculptor James Van News knew a, t- a knew a touch of black girl magic would make it a masterpiece. The life-size sculpture, which immortalizes Obama holding Sasha Obama's hand on the night of his first election, was unveiled on Saturday. Um, Maria Shell Cannon tweeted out: "Bronze statue of former president Barack Obama and his daughter Sasha on July 13th." 2019 in Rapid City, South Dakota, South Dakota of all places, guys, uh, unveiled this statue and it's a beautiful statue. We also have this article on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page. We want you to check it out. It is a beautiful statue and again, um, one of the most transformative presidents in our nation's history and I certainly um, admire and hold him in high esteem uh, just because of how he carried himself um, and his entire family carried themselves as they occupied the White House uh, these past eight years from 2008 to 2016. Kudos to the uh, Obamas for a job well done. 
Well, guys, that was the What Are You Thinking About segment for our Tuesday, July 16th edition of the What Are You Thinking About segment. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any comments or questions about anything we talked about during this segment, you can always add us at TOL Radio Host MSN on Twitter and Instagram. Send us a comment on on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud radio show or go to our Thinking Out Loud show page at michaelnemis.com or send us an email at contact at michaelnemis.com. A lot of ways that you can reach out to us. We'd appreciate your comments and your feedback. Well, we're going to take our first break of the night, but when we come back, we get right into our discussion of the Ava DuVernay's Netflix docuseries When They See Us with my good friend attorney and pastor Boyd White. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned into one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hi, my name is Maya and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. With radio show host and my daddy, Michael Nimmons. You better listen to that little girl. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you naked? To believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. This is the show featuring artistic director for the Detroit Youth Choir, Anthony White. What was going through your mind when Terry Crews interrupted the judges voting? 
I mean, they were just getting ready to vote, and then Terry Crews comes in and interrupts the judges. Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. So when he came out, he said, you know, I see every last person in this choir in, in myself. When he said that, I knew that he was about to do something out the box. He said, I got to do this. He went down and he slammed. It, everything was in slow motion, just like you said. That, I mean, whatever y'all saw, that was real. <laughs> it was just, like, unbelievable. You're tuned in to the Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. This is radio host Michael Nimmons, and yes, it's tax time. Haven't filed yet? No worries. We've got the place for you. Consumer Tax Clinic. Take it from someone who knows. They will sit down with you, go over your return, give great advice, and look for the best possible return options. Let the experts at Consumer Tax Clinic help you get the refund you never thought you could. They did it for me. Let them do it for you. Call Consumer Tax Clinic at 248-395-0078. That's 248-395-0078. Or visit their website at ConsumerTaxClinic.com. That's ConsumerTaxClinic.com. Consumer Tax Clinic, a tax service designed with you in mind. You're tuned in to the Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Alright everybody, we are back on another powerful edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show And I have a good friend of mine on the line with us on tonight This is an interview that I've been waiting to have A conversation that I've been waiting to have about uh, this docuseries When they see us uh, that that I've seen, I'm sure you've seen If you haven't seen it, you need to really go take some time and um and go on Netflix and um and 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 see it and uh you know don't don't um you know you know how black folks are you know don't 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 get your uh <laughs> don't get your cousin's password uh to <laughs> to watch the uh the Netflix account you know watch it the right way you know get Netflix you know how we do we always trying to find a way around things <laughs> but um um, I want to uh, give uh, this 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 gentleman a proper introduction before we get into uh, the discussion on tonight. Um, at the age of 19, while a student at uh, University of Michigan won't hold that against him, uh, Boyd uh, committed his life to serving Jesus. From that time until now, Boyd was has worked to fulfill his calling in various ministry capacities. Now, Boyd uh, White is following the leading of the Lord and has stepped out to further his calling building uh, through the building of the Ark Detroit. Uh, Boyd's mission is to convey a holistic perspective of Jesus Christ through dynamic teaching, a collaborative ministry approach. The church can be most responsive to the problems people are facing in various aspects of life. He supported by his wife, Kyria, Kyra, 
and uh, their four amazing children. Uh, it's Jordis, Boyd, the fourth, Jocelyn, and Jaya. I want you to give a warm, thinking out loud, radio show welcome to new friend of the show, good friend of ours, my good friend, attorney, and pastor, Boyd White. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, boy. Man, I'm really, I look forward to the discussion. I've been waiting to talk about this, and um, thank you for having me on, bro. And um, good evening to all of the listeners of this amazing show. Absolutely, man. I'm so happy to have you on uh, the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Boy White is a, um, a very conscientious, articulate, bright, intelligent a uh, brother that um, I consider a friend and um, has a lot going on, and uh, he was one of the first that I thought of when I when I uh, decided to um, to do a show about this. Um, you know what I think is a very uh, impactful and important uh, docu series that director Ava DuVernay. Uh, put on Netflix and again if you haven't seen it I highly recommend I know it's not an easy watch I know it's not um, not an easy watch and I was um, uh, uh, looking at some posts on Facebook even before I watched it and uh, people were saying they couldn't even get through five minutes of it before they had to turn it off and um, you know it was actually my son's um, uh, idea for us to watch it so uh, shouts out to him on tonight But before we get into that I want to um, just uh, Have Boyd introduce himself Again he's a very um, uh, Very conscientious brother Very um, um, You know aware Woke if you want to call it that uh, As well uh, Individual and I want him to Just share a little bit about himself Before we get into uh, Our interview no, I appreciate it, Mike. Um, I think as it relates to our discussion tonight, I have developed a perspective over a period of 40 years I've been on this planet, so I'm proud to say that I'm 40 years old, over the period of time that I attended the University of Michigan. <laughs> you know, I had to bring that bring that back up. And um, with product of the Detroit Public Schools, um, you know, grew up in the city of Detroit and experiencing from a young age the, you know, both sides of the police equation. Um, we, um, my father was shot when I was uh, 16 in our driveway, you know, and so to, to have, you know, be a part of that extreme as a victim, but then also be in situations like a lot of us in the city where we could have easily been prosecuted as perpetrators, you know. Um, went on to law school after undergrad. I worked in admissions, college admissions, with our great friend and mentor, Tyrone Winfrey. Shout out to Tyrone, who I believe will probably be listening. Great opportunity to go into the school system as an adult and um, really see the system from another perspective. And then after that, I went to law school 2005, graduated from the University of Toledo Law School in 2008. Started working for a firm in the city and um, really felt like I wanted to develop my trial talent. So I ended up taking a job at the Oakland County Prosecutor's Office. And I worked there for about two, about two and a half to three years. And, um, you know, saw, developed even more of a perspective. And then left there, 
um, started working in a private firm. And then in 2014, my family heeded the call to leave our home church, International Gospel Center. Shout out to my pastor, Marvin Miles. Right. Start the Arc Detroit, you know, and the Arc Detroit vision and mission is very simple. We want to be a simple church for complex people and um, really develop an, an environment where people learn to be passionate believers in Jesus, to um, worship with all their heart, and to um, really live together in a community. So it's very simple. We stripped it all the way down, took out all of the extras, and we're just giving people Jesus, man, and with the Ark Detroit. And, not, and even the premise of it is not to, you know, and then learn it's working with in admissions, you know, so many churches want to save the world. Jesus already did that. To be, be the church, which is a haven, a, a place of refuge for the world to come into it, to get strength and to go back out into the world. So we're really focused on the community that community that we're in. We are so excited about a building we just purchased with an amazing partner, the Charlotte Mason Christian School over at 17400 Second Avenue in Detroit, an amazing space. Encourage our listeners to, to check us out on our um, Instagram page, the Art Detroit Facebook Arc Detroit, our website is under construction, but you can check us out there, see what the Lord has done. And so I have a very diverse perspective on a very, um, very important issue. I guess that's an understatement to say. And um, also as a parent, I have, as you said, I have, but I want to say it again, I have four children. I have three daughters and a son. Just many different perspectives to look at this. And my wife is a principal at um, University Prep Elementary School. So just a lot of perspective that we're going to be able to implicate tonight in this discussion, bro. Well, again, I'm so happy to have my good friend, attorney and pastor Boyd White on the line with us on tonight as we uh, delve uh, endeavor to get into uh, what I think will be a great discussion about uh, director Ava DuVernay's powerful docu-series entitled when they see us and um, I saw it um, you know it hasn't been at least a month or so ago um, and um, Boyd and I have been going back and forth trying to schedule time to um, record this interview and both have both of us have been very busy busy schedules but um, I'm thankful that uh, he was able to carve out time today, not not just to be on the show, but he's watched the Netflix series. And, um, you know, we, we really wanted to uh, take this time and this platform to really dive into, um, you know, what took place uh, 30 years ago. Uh, the Central Park Five, uh, very controversial, um, you know, event that took place in New York City. Uh, Central Park, uh, those that are not familiar with uh, what happened, uh, a white jogger uh, was jogging through, uh, I believe, Central Park late one fall evening uh, in uh, 1989, and uh, she was raped. Uh, and, <clears throat> and so these uh, young boys, as it is uh, depicted in uh, this docuseries, um, were out with their friends uh, in the same space, uh, and um, and 
they uh, were not aware of what what happened, um, but uh, the police uh, apprehended them and accosted them, and um, they were eventually charged with the rape of this this uh, white jogger. Um, so I want to, you know, uh, I want to start here. Uh, you've watched the series. I've watched the series. Um, what, what, what in this series really stood out for you? What are some of your first impressions of uh, this series when they see us? One of my good friends, so I'll reference a couple times tonight. His name is uh, Mike Carter. He is a very prominent and excellent criminal defense attorney. He and I happen to go all the way back to our freshman year together at Michigan. Um, he deals with these issues every day as an as a lawyer. Um, I remember reaching out to him like, you know, have you watched it? And he said, I, I can't. I just can't do it. And, and I, that was my first impulse to turn the TV off, almost to, to throw it up, to regurgitate it, because the reality was heartbreaking and left me feeling enraged, hopeless. Um, but obviously for your show, I ventured on. And then I think a lot of us too, it's like a lot, we live some, some semblance of it. Um, ever been stopped by the police, you know, and you feel that, sense of overwhelming power that they can have in a situation. You know, it it's hard to watch. It it, it brings up bad memories. And if it's not for the individual, for many of us who've grown up in these kind of quasi-war zone communities in the way that they've been policed, it's not for you individually, then for your family members. Particularly how easy the police department was and the prosecutor's office were able to come together to to develop a narrative that people were buying, you know, and I think and I'm forty now, so I'm much I'm removed from, you know, the mindset I had at eighteen, nineteen when I was much more sensitive to this. So now I didn't even realize how far away I was from that. I mean you have some sense in your mind to say that just some emotional, you know, guttural sense that you know, justice will prevail. And, um, you know, watching that made me question it, at least for a moment. So just it's a crazy movie. It was not unlike the way I felt when I watched 12 Years of Slave. Um, that was another amazingly difficult movie to watch. Like, I cried watching 12 Years of Slave many times through that movie. You know, they talk about and I don't, I'm not a scientist in this area, but I've, I've read something about how many experiences that our ancestors have had are deep down in our DNA. We're, they're still with us in many ways. And we won't know the extent to which we're connected really till we get to heaven. The human, human mind is so complex and the human spirit is so brilliant and amazing. I mean, we have no idea. It could be very much like a tree that's roots are planted in the ground. We could still be very much connected to those past things, you know, and you and I understand that from a God standpoint, God is eternal, right? There's no time as it relates to, to him. So 
to what extent does that timelessness attach to us as human beings? I don't know fully the answer to that. All I know is when I watched 12 Years a Slave, I felt a connection to what was happening there and a hopelessness, you know, that I kind of felt in this movie. So that's my first thought. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Mr. Show featuring candidate for Warren City Council, Melody McGee. I want you uh, to uh, talk to us on tonight about why you think it's so very important for us to vote. Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. I'm glad you're talking about that and bringing that up because that's one of the most important things that I'm trying to accomplish here in the city of Warren. You know, our vote is our voice. And we're trying to we're trying to make history here in the city of Warren. In the city of Warren, there has never, never been a minority in political office. And so we need to make sure that our voice is heard. Don't give up on our system because your voice can make a difference. It can make changes for our future. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Have you purchased Michael Nimmin's new book entitled Vision? It is definitely a bestseller in the making. This book is full of positive insights on vision from people like President Barack Obama, Nelson Mandela, and Dr. Miles Monroe. Michael Nimmin's offers a riveting and thought-provoking perspective on how spiritual vision transcends both natural and mental vision and propels you to your place of destiny and purpose in God. It is definitely a must-have. Just $20 for hard copy and $3.99 in ebook format. Available online everywhere books are sold. Get your copy today. This is actress Kiana Smith, the Detroit Filmmaker Award nominee, and you are listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Michael Nimmons. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. I hope you're enjoying part one of our discussion of director Ava DuVernay's docuseries on Netflix entitled When They See Us with my good friend attorney and pastor Boyd White. Let's get back into this powerful discussion. Mm, yeah. I agree. And and one thing I will say to add to that is that, you know, um, it, even though this event took place 30 years ago, it, you felt like 
you felt that the way the director Ava DuVernay um, put this series together you almost felt like you were a part of it you were like right in in the middle of what happened and and that's why it was so hard for you to almost take what happened you felt like you were a part of it and um you know it, 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 the actors that were in the actors that were in it I think every last one of them deserve uh, an Emmy Award or an Oscar for their performance, especially the the um, the, uh, the gentleman who played Corey Wise. Uh, you know, he did a masterful job uh, as uh, amazing. Amazing. You actually felt uh, him. You you felt his his hurt. You felt his pain uh, throughout that entire uh, series and. You know, uh, I know our discussion will only scratch the surface, but we encourage those those that are listening to go and uh, and 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 take some time and and watch this series uh, because you know when I first uh, heard about uh, Ava DuVernay um, uh, even even putting something like this together, I. You know, I was saying, wow, you know, I wonder how this is going to turn out. This happened so so long ago. And 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 what I discovered after I watched it, even though it happened so, you know, 30 years ago, it is relevant and relatable even in this day and in this time. And that is the, the scariest part about uh, about this series. That's the tragedy. Yeah. We're, we're experiencing a lot of the same things today, but I want to go back a little bit. For me, it was also, if I, if I didn't say this already, I'm going, to re-emphasize, I'm going to emphasize it again. I really thought of how easily it could have been one of us. I, I was living it as if it was me or you or one of my friends, you know, because we were all, and we are all, black men, people of color, living in a historically racist society. I mean, you talk about past being prologue, right? Donald Trump um, comes out, and I remember this, though. I remember when he came out in 89. I remember hearing about the newspaper article he took out in New York and, and just blasting those kids, you know. But I was a kid myself. I didn't clearly recall or, you know, have an understanding of what was happening. But then here we are again, you know, Donald Trump now is the president of the United States. Wow, would have thought that. And he's still using his, his platform as a billionaire and now as the president to say horrific things about people of color, you know. And so, wow, you know, just that, that alone is so profound that it gives you pause to open your eyes to the realities. I often preach about how when I was about, I was about nine years old, I got into a fight with my cousin, Jonathan. The issue was I didn't know it was a fight. He did. (laughs) And we were at a, a picnic and we had our boxing gloves on. And it wasn't until about the fifth or sixth punch that I realized, oh, he's trying to knock me out my grandmother that helped me realize I was in this fight and she started yelling at me because I didn't want to fight my cousin. I'm like, like, I thought we were kind of 
on play around, he was coming, you know, with the missiles to my head, you know. And so I'll never forget her saying, you, you know, fight back, you know, put them, you know, swing back. I'm going to tell you how it ended. You know, it didn't end well for me. From that day on, I became very sensitive to when somebody was trying to attack me, like this is not a game, this is a fight. Sometimes I think today we forget about the fact that you're facing an enemy that's trying to, to take you out, and we lose that sense of aggressiveness. And this type of movie just opens your eyes to know, dog, this is serious. You know, you're up against a, a, a system that is, that, that is fueled by racist caricatures and stereotypes. That 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 need your 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 black skin, your your color skin, to operate and to and to perpetuate itself. I remember being a prosecutor, and um, it was my first week on the job, and I was sitting in um the warrants room, and and, I, and as the warrants prosecutor, they bring in the police agencies will bring in uh, warrants for you to evaluate. And, um, you know, me, I'm revolutionary activist, come from Michigan, you know what I'm saying, really liberal in that regard, doing speeches on campus, woo, woo, woo. The detective sits down in front of me, and I'm like, man, don't you get tired of, um, like, making these arrests? I mean, don't you want to stop this crime? That man looked at me like, what? He said, boy, I'm only concerned with getting them off the street tonight. Everything else is job security. <laughs> I was like, whoa! Like he, he, like you do know you have a job because of the the size of the criminal justice system. Oh, you know, activist black man, you do know that's what's feeding your family right now. Blew my mind. You know. <laughs> wow, that is interesting, and we we're actually going to get to. We're gonna we're gonna delve into that in just a few minutes because um, Ava DuVernay made a comment uh, on CNN as they, as they were talking about as she was talking about her Netflix series that um, that really speaks to the gravity um, and um, the veracity of of this 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 entire system. So uh, I'm gonna hold off. Um, uh, talking about that right now but we'll get into that in just a few minutes but i hope you are enjoying our uh discussion of the netflix series when they see us with my good friend and brother attorney and pastor boyd white so happy to have him on the thinking out loud radio show with us on tonight and again we're just discussing uh you know giving some of our initial impressions of uh, the the docu series, but boy, I want to know from you: Are there any particular scenes uh, from this series that really stood out to you in your mind? Wow, I mean, I gotta say, the scene between the father and the son—I don't remember the name of that actor, um, but I know he was on The Wire. I think that's how he became well known. But he was in that particular scene with his son and the way that the police convinced him to convince his son to lie. That was overwhelming, you know, to, 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 to feel both sides of that. You know, he is a man with a criminal record, not a very clear understanding himself of what's going on, and they're in shock. You know, imagine getting yanked up in the middle of the night out of your house and brought down to a police station. You know, it's like 
going to the principal's office time right right and 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 let me let me let me do this right quick because you're you're actually talking about a scene that I'm actually that I actually want to play for our listeners so I want you to uh, I'm going to play it and then when we uh after we play it I want you to give your impressions of of this scene it's the father and son uh a scene this interrogation as as um uh, Boyd um uh, pointed to uh father talking to his son uh privately about uh what he wants his son to do regarding uh these um these charges that have been levied against him uh in the Central Park 5 case take a listen So that was the clip there, and I uh, just have to let let you know that, uh, you know, that was a little hard to listen to. Um, you know, I don't know about you, but, um, you know, that was a very hard clip to listen to. But I'll let you um, get back into your um, your your impressions of um, that father talking to his son. I mean, yeah, it was even harder to watch it, you know, and to see how the father, you develop credibility and trust with the child over time. And that takes time. And there's a great credibility and and level of trust that exists between 
any child, especially a father and a son. I mean, you know, think about a father in a community where statistics may have said at that time that there may not have been many fathers in the home. This father did the right thing, you know, and and then and at that point, thought he was still doing the right thing, and that's the you know the great thing about real life, you know, it's not zero sum. It's very much colorful and, and conflicting. You know, I also have an acting background, and one of the things we learn in, in, in the theater is conflict is the essence of dramatic action. And um, that's what you're seeing in that film, you know, his internal obstacle. You know, he really wants to, to help his son, um, but he, does he get him and ask him to do the wrong thing? Later on, he tries to fix it in the courtroom, and it's really his words that dad, he can't get over the fact in front of the jury that he told his son to lie. The jury didn't believe him. And then he said, my son's word is bomb. My son's word is good. And the prosecutor then turned it against him and said, yeah, like this, this confession we have on tape of your son. So profound scene. I think the scenes of the, young, of the boys, the youngest children in particular, being coerced by the police, you know, how, how the pressure of that moment, could, it really broke them. You know, most people, you know, all of us think we know what we'll do in certain situations, you know, without well, it never be me. And that's another example of when you should never say what you would, what you would and wouldn't ever do. You don't know. With the right pressure, with the right deprivation, you know, you know they, hadn't, they weren't feeding them. They were children snatched from their homes. I mean, they just wanted to go home and how the police played that against them. And there was nobody there to save them except for, I believe, Yusuf's mom. And, yeah, not to, yeah, and, and not to interrupt, but, but yeah, you, you know, she actually um, spoke up to that, uh, was it the captain? I think it was. She, she, she told her that, you know, you you are interrogating these young boys without their parents. Their parents need to be in the room with them. You're breaking the law. And and uh, it wasn't until uh, this this woman said, well, maybe I'll go to the New York Times and tell them about what's going on that she actually got to see her son because she was trying to get in there to see her son and they weren't going to let her see her son who was being interrogated without her uh, that was that was beyond me but the but it got it got even deeper even the children who had their parents present the confessions they still figured out a way it goes back to the power of 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 the state and i want to be clear i'm not an anarchist in any way i'm a person who you know, believes in the role of good government. What I am against is government power that has been abused. And this was a case where power was abused, you know, and it speaks to the need for people in a democracy or, you know, a republic, however you want to define us, to have a very clear understanding of what our rights are in this republic so that we can ensure that the power of the government is not used to hurt us. I mean, even right now, again, we have, you know, craziness happening in politics. So even as 
a pastor, I'm already thinking about ways to encourage people to get registered to vote. It's a part of our obligation, you know, as citizens. You know, it's almost like from my standpoint as a lawyer, you know, if you bring two people to the table to negotiate and one side doesn't have an understanding of, of the terms of the negotiation, they will get taken advantage of. And in a perfect world, the government should be looking out for you. You know, one of the things we learned as prosecutors in theory is that our job was not to, um, it was to do justice. You know, that was their theoretical job. But in reality, it doesn't always work like that. You know, the, the, the citizens should presumptively have some level of knowledge. And so what happens when that's, de- when that's destroyed through, you know, through systematic, um, a systematic deconstructing of, of, of one's humanity? Well, you got a bad situation, you know, and that's what you saw there. You saw an entire, you saw a broken family unit subjected to the power of the state. It was like the worst of both worlds. And, 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 and the other crazy part about this is, bro, that's just the story we heard about, you know, that made national news the past couple of years with the Innocence Project. You're talking about, I mean, scores of men and women who are, in prison for crimes that they did not commit. That is frightening. And that brings me to my other, the other place of, 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 of just devastation I felt watching the movie, and that's when, when Corey was in jail. To watch him in jail as a 16-year-old put into adult prison. You know, what kind of society are we? And then, again, from my standpoint, your standpoint, as people of color, I'm watching this from a whole different standpoint than a lot of people in this country because I felt like if it wasn't me, he was my cousin. He was my uncle. You know, we know people in our families who, are, who, who spent most of their lives in prison, in and out. And I'm looking at this like, Jesus, like, wow, imagine, what would I do in that level of hopelessness, you know, you know, so yeah, it it was it was amazingly difficult to watch. But those are kind of my my main takeaways. You're tuned in to the thinking out loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This the show featuring talented and gifted actress Kiana Smith. I saw when you're nominated for a Detroit Filmmaker Award. I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about that as well. Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. Darren Brown. Uh, a local filmmaker has put together what's called the Detroit Filmmaker Award. And I was blessed enough to be nominated for uh, Best Actress in a Short Film, a dinner at eight written by Kamal Smith. So just to be nominated is just such a, a great feeling. And I, I can't wait to be amongst my peers and just celebrate and acknowledge each other's accomplishments. 
It's their birthday. They need a gift for that special someone. Then call KCN Designs and sit back and smile. KCN Designs specialize in custom-made all-occasion baskets that are sure to make that special someone smile. Call KCN Designs today at 248-820-3691. That's 248-820-3691 and order your custom basket today. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. I hope you enjoyed part one of our discussion of director Ava DuVernay's docuseries on Netflix entitled When They See Us with my good friend, attorney and pastor Boyd White. Let's hear the conclusion of this powerful discussion. Right. And, you know, and and I um, I concur with uh uh, much of what you said, man, and and um, it is, <clears throat> it was definitely um, those those scenes that you mentioned in particular were definitely hard to watch. And and again, you know, as I said earlier, even though this took place thirty years ago, and it's 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 history in one respect, it is still right now in yet another respect. Because these same thing, these same kinds of things are yet going on in uh, this criminal justice system, and you know, I I said we would we would um, <clears throat> we want to get to this, so I'm going to go ahead and play um, this clip from um, director Ava DuVernay was on CNN recently uh, talking about uh, the um, <clears throat> talking about this. Um, criminal justice system and 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 she says something very interesting and I want you to respond to so I'm going to play this real quick for you and uh and you uh tell me what you think for and uh, who served really, really tough time. Corey Wise uh, spent uh, almost 14 years in prison. He went directly to Rikers Island at the age of 16 and endured uh, um, uh, troubling, uh, uh, ter- terrorizing behavior uh, within within those those. Within, while in the custody of the state of New York City is really what it was, New York State. So it's a it's a story that really allows us to look at, yes, this case, but also the overall system mm-hmm. that is called criminal justice and how unjust it actually is. Well, I mean, the system that many um, critics and people who are delving into it now, um, including in, in, in books and other things, call, you know, this is the, 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 the second victimization and almost the conspiracy to scapegoat black and uh, Latino people people of color, boys of color, um, in an overzealous prosecutorial environment. Is that what you're also trying to get at? I mean, of course, these prosecutors who we know had to or felt that they had to be massively tough on crime in order to pursue, for instance, political careers. 
Sure. I mean, a lot of people talk about the system being broken, um, but I don't believe the system is broken. I believe it's working exactly as it was built to work. So uh, she essentially is saying that the system isn't broken. It's actually working the way it was meant to work. What do you say about that? Directly correlated to the extremely subversive role that race plays in America. I cannot tell you from my perspective as a former prosecutor that the people that I worked with in their minds would go to sleep at night thinking, I need to put black people in jail. I don't think any of the police officers I worked with think that. And for that matter, I worked with some great prosecutors and I worked with some great police officers. I don't, I think that, I think we're so far beyond the ability of an individual to control this outcome because, again, the outcome, the system is fueled by racist caricatures and, and, and fueled by the product of a racist society. And so it's almost like by the time you get to the criminal justice system, it's just picking up what the system has already produced. For example, when you look at our, you know, the dropout rate in a city like Detroit, what it, what it exactly is, I don't know, but over my entire life, like yours, it's been disproportionately high. Um, when you look at the test scores in public schools, when you look at the dismantling of public education, and I say this as a person who understands the value, some value of charter schools, because you've got to kind of deal with what you got to take the meat and spit out the bone. But when you don't have a, a, a strong public school system, you know, you're creating mindsets that believe that they don't have any choices in life. And then the system is there like, hey, look at what they did. Let's go pick them up without any sensitivity to how they got there. So I'm not going to say, you know, I, I, think, I think I need to be, we need to be careful, you know, with taking a statement like that that she makes. And she has the luxury to make it because she doesn't work in any system. She's a filmmaker. So she's, sometimes you have to take those with a grain of salt as well. She's, she speaks from a very insulated, almost ivory tower standpoint. In reality, there are good people that are working in, working in the system, but they're, they're working with materials that are extremely um, um, damaged. And, and it's not until we understand that that we can try to fix it. Because we keep trying to replace people, you know, or have conversations about, you know, criminal justice reform. We're going to change laws. It's, it's way deeper than laws or people. This goes down to the very fabric of the United States of America. You know, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about the other documentary she did about was profound. Yeah, you know, so I know she gets this, but I, that's what I'm thinking about, you know, how slavery was essentially codified, you know, in, 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 in Jim Crow in the 13th Amendment, and then it is perpetuated through the criminal justice system. It's like, again, these levers were pulled. It's like an old roller coaster that somebody pushed a button on a thousand years ago, and it's still running today. And we're still fighting mm -hmm. about, well, why are the, you know, this car is squeaky, that car isn't. No, somebody, we got to stop that button. 
You know what I mean? And, and then and, and then what I do, one thing I like about this, this concept of being woke today and one of the good things about social media is that it is allowing us to focus on the, the real problem. What is the main, one of the main problems of any racist regime is the fact that bad people make money off of it. So the fact that this captain or whatever the heck she is can go on to have a career writing crime novels. She put these boys in prison. It's horrific, but I love the fact that, 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 the, that the world, the culture decided, you're not going to do this to us anymore. And obviously as a Christian, that's a double-edged sword. I'm worried about other aspects of it, but of the role of social media today. But that's one of the things that, that is starting to be a, a voice that speaks truth to power, because that's the same thing that's been happening here for 400 years. People throw rocks and hide their hands. This um, McConnell dude. Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Mitch McConnell yeah. coming out talking about, you know, none of us benefited from slavery. It's true from one standpoint, but not true in another. Our entire country is built on the back of slave labor and revenue. You know, so all the, so we're standing on the shoulders of dirty giants. So for him to make that that statement, which is on its face accurate, speaks to the lack of understanding or care about the reality, which is much more in-depth. So, so, so we got to have, and I'm glad we're having this conversation, there needs to be a very in-depth, comprehensive discussion about what race is in this country. And ultimately then, Mike, what are we going to do about it? You know, because that's the other thing. As, as us being people of color, you know, a lot of us are getting to the point where we're like, we're tired of waiting for the Mitch McConnells of the world, for the Donald Trumps of the world to recognize that there is an issue. We're t- some of us are getting sick of that and saying, at what point are we as people of color going to say, we're going to take this into our own hands. I don't care what you think about me. I'm going to go to war for myself. I said to some people a couple years ago, something about, you know, I love Black Lives Matter, but Black Lives Matter has to be supplemented with Black Minds Matter. Little kid, get to your classroom and get your grades. You know what I'm saying? And and to add, you know, to add to what you're saying, you know, and I, I, I agree that, you know, there are some because essentially what I hear you saying is that because you, you're able to see it from both sides as a, you know, as an attorney uh, working with some good people uh, that that are part of this this system that, you know, um, in some respects is broken or as Ava DuVernay says, uh, is designed to do what is 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 been designed to do. Uh, there are good people that are working in the system and everybody isn't bad and and, and there are some bad apples uh, in that bunch um, but my mind goes back to um, <clears throat> the the Trayvon Martin case and you know everybody was watching this this case and everybody had an opinion of it and the majority of people um, that you know, uh, saw this believe that uh, the 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 uh, assailant uh, his name escapes me oh George Zimmerman uh, at the time was guilty and there was no doubt in in my mind uh, that this man was going to serve some time in prison uh, possibly the rest of his life uh, and and I remember sitting there in my living room or family room watching. Uh, as this prosecutor uh, 
uh, limped into the courtroom and we were waiting for him to uh, make the announcement on whether uh, he was going to pursue an indictment of uh, George Zimmerman. And um, he limped, you know, I was looking at him limp into the courtroom and my mind <laughs> began to, 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 you know, I began to look at the, 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 his limp as an, an analogy of how crooked this system is because uh, his next uh, words were, um, you know, we were not, he was not going to um, uh, pursue an indictment against George Zimmerman. And I, I, I just, I mean, the grand, you know, my mind went back to him and in that particular instance and I was just completely blown away and I know I'm not the only one that uh, really believes that this, this guy got away with murder first degree murder he killed this young boy in cold blood and he was not a police officer he was not uh he was not authorized to carry a weapon, you know, all of these things, but he was not, uh, he was a white man. He was not, uh, a person of color. So, uh, there you have it. And then you heard about the, you know, the, the stand your ground laws and, and whatnot. And those are, those are things that were used, uh, as an excuse or justification for him, uh, to, uh, draw his weapon and ultimately take the life of this young man so you know I, I i'm like you i see it from both sides but um you know here lately i'm starting to agree with uh director uh ava that this system is designed uh to do exactly what it's been designed to do and that is to lock up our young black boys and black men and it is so unfortunate uh, that that you know, we even have to have this conversation uh, in this you know uh, about this subject, but again, I, again, I think it's a very important conversation for us to have. Um, I know you are enjoying. I hope you are enjoying our discussion of uh, the Netflix docu series by Ava DuVernay entitled "When They See Us." Um, I'm I'm so happy to have my good friend. Um, uh, Boyd White with us on the line Pastor and attorney And um, I'm telling you guys in, Even in our discussion We are really just scratching the surface Of this powerful docuseries We recommend highly That you take some time And view it for yourself View it for yourself We've even uh, were compelled to write a blog about it Because uh, there was just so much that I needed to, to put down on paper. So you can go to michaelnemons.com and read our blog. People are reading it now. And I hope that you will even leave us a comment. Let us know what your thoughts are about this powerful docuseries uh, produced and directed by uh, Ava DuVernay. You know, uh, Boyd, I want to ask you over the weekend, you kind of alluded to this. Uh, Donald uh, Trump or Chump, uh, that's who I refer to him as, uh, you know, an important antagonist in this Central Park Five story 
uh, because he put out the, this this $82,000 ad in the New York Times or the Post to basically recommend that if the white jogger uh, dies, then those five young black boys should be executed. This same man who is now the president of these United States um, uh, tweeted out over the weekend, uh, so interesting to see progressive Democrat Congresswomen who now uh, who originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt and inept, inept anywhere in the world, if they even have a functioning government at all. Now, loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on the earth, how our government is to be run. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime infested places from which they came? Then come back and show us how. He's referring to four young congresswomen from uh, one is Alexandria Ocasio Cortez from New York, Ayanna Presley, Massachusetts, Rashida Tlaib, 13th District, right here in Michigan, and uh, Elan Omar in Minnesota. I want to know what your thoughts are about not just him, but about these racist comments that he tweeted out that, over the weekend. When I think about racism. I think one of the problems we have in, in trying to respond to it or in responding to it is that we don't have the right narrative or metaphor to describe it. We act like racism in America is, is this huge, surprising wrong that is inflicted from time to time by bad people. And because of that fact, we, we almost let people off the hook who feel like they're not those kind of bad people. I'm going to get to what I think about this in a second, but I got to say it. So to me, though, racism in America is like if you took a foundation of a building and you pour poison into this foundation or, or a yard, if you had to, like, sow some crops, and you took poison and poured it all into the ground, every single crop that comes up out of that ground for as long as that poison's in the ground is going to come up deformed. Or if you took a body, like I was reading about the um, HIV virus, how they have a cocktail you can take that will minimize the role of the virus, but it won't necessarily eliminate it. You have to stay on the cocktail. That has to be inhibited by something because something has happened to one's, to one's physiological makeup that this virus now lives there. The law, uh, 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 racism in America is like a virus. It's like that poison in the ground. It's like that, that disease that was contracted at the inception of this nation. And the law is the thing, it's the cocktail we have to continually take to keep the effects of that virus down. It's always there, though. It's always chasing us. And so what happens is from time to time in American history, the virus starts to, to get immune to whatever laws were inhibiting it. So you see that through Jim Crow. Jim Crow, first you had the black codes, then 
they were they became Jim Crow. Then you had the Civil Rights Act of 1964. You had laws that kept trying to inhibit racism, and racism would just change, just like a virus does, or just like some invasive species that does it. So right now, we're in the latest iteration of this horrific virus called racism, and Donald Trump is simply doing what he's just, he's simply acting in accordance with that virus in American history. It's what white people with power do. They use their power to subjugate people of color, you know. And so to me, I think I'm more outraged at the fact that people aren't calling this for what it is, you know, than I am at him. He's doing what he's supposed to do. But I will tell you this, if people don't start standing up to this, this is going to become more and more blatant. Because, again, we're not that far from 1964. You know, we're not far from that. Bro, we're, we're what? We're, we're 50 years from that. That's nothing in the context of time. You know, my great-great-grandfather was born in 1885. His father was a slave. I was raised by a man, my father, who was raised by his, great, by his grandfather, whose father was a slave. So I learned slave mentality growing up in my house. I got whooped by the, with an extension cord. I got whooped with a switch. Where do you think that came from? That stuff, we learn those types of things in slavery. What am I saying? This stuff is not as far away from us as we think it is. Will, will we be enslaved again? No, we won't be enslaved again. But will you have a society where people are outright calling us niggers? Yes, that could very well happen. So what happens when the people who are tasked with enforcing the law decide that they don't want to do it anymore? What do you have? The Central freaking Park Five. So, so Donald Trump is doing what he's supposed to do. We got to do what we're supposed to do as people who are on the side of the cocktail trying to inhibit the virus of racism in this country, and we need to stand up, and we need to go vote in November to let our voices be heard. That's what needs to happen. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. What's up? This is your brother, Boyd White III, pastor of the Ark Detroit, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. It's the show featuring legendary and iconic journalist Rochelle Riley. Pulitzer Prize winning journalist on tonight. I'm pinching myself at the same time. Just enjoying listening to her share uh, her experiences with you and with me. Catch it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and now at MichaelNimmons.com. At the top of the list were two interviews with Barack Obama, one when he was a senator running for president and the other one in the Roosevelt Room outside the Oval Office, where I'm literally sitting across from, you know, our history's first African-American president. It, It doesn't get any better than that when you're a journalist. 
Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons and the Thinking Out Loud radio show for over 10,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, and now available at michaelnimmons.com. The Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. It's time. 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 When I think about the theme of tonight's show and the discussion of director Ava DuVernay's docuseries on Netflix entitled When They See Us, another question or perspective comes to mind that I believe is just as equally concerning, and that is when we see us. I asked the question on social media recently, do you think there's any truth to the statement, the only way to change the way they see us is to change the way we see ourselves? And I got some interesting responses. The prevailing opinion, however, is that as hard as we might try, we cannot control how other people see us. And for the most part, I agree with that prevailing opinion because at the end of the day, people are going to think and feel however they want about you, whether you like it or not, or more importantly, whether it's true or not. But I'm not completely beholden to that opinion because 
in some ways it lets us off the hook when it comes to self-examination and self-awareness. You see, the last thing we should ever do is to use the excuse that you can't control how others see you as justification to not ever wanting or desiring to improve yourself. And collectively as a community of people, while I certainly agree that we've come a long ways, the times have only proven that we still have a long ways to go. What do we see? When we see us is a very penetrating and pivotal question. When we see us, what do we see is a question that requires self-examination both individually and collectively. Do we see ourselves like they see us? Or more importantly, is how we see ourselves what we truly are. There's so much to unpack regarding both questions, but let's start with the very first question. What do we see when we see us? I can definitely tell you what I see, and that is we are very fragmented and fractured people. We are great in many respects and very bad in others. Just when we get ready to pat ourselves on our collective backs about Obama and the first black presidency, we're seen in Walmart licking Bluebell ice cream cartons and putting it back in the freezer. This is just one of many examples that ultimately serve as a reminder of how far we have to go. Again, this only demonstrates that we are not even viewed the same way from within our own community. Our black youth today are in trouble And unfortunately because of social media The answer to this question of how do we see ourselves Is often found in the Facebook posts and Instagram pages of youth Who really don't know who they are Instagram models and derogative and negative posts about each other Continue to do nothing but prove my point That we have so much more work to do No we're not the watermelon-eating, cotton-picking, fried chicken-loving, welfare-living, minimum-wage-working, thugging, and thieving black people that the stereotype suggests. We are so much more than that. But at the same time, we must be the first to admit that we can and we should do better. While we cannot control how others see us, we can control how we see ourselves. And that is the main theme of our message on tonight. We need to share the stories of our history with the black youth that are coming up behind us because they will be the standard bearers of our culture for tomorrow. And if we do not properly equip them for the journey, then we may not have a tomorrow to look forward to. I'm sure you've heard it said before, those who do not know their history are doomed to repeat it. And I would like to add to that if I may Not only will they be doomed to repeat it But they may never experience the promise of tomorrow We are kings and queens We are presidents and heads of state We are CEOs and entrepreneurs We are newsmakers and newscasters We are millionaires and billionaires We are so much more than they see when they see us but we must continue to live up to the legacy of our forefathers and foremothers so what we see in them, they will ultimately see in us.
We want to give a special thanks and shout out to my good friend, attorney, Pastor Boy White, for being on the show with us on tonight. We truly, truly appreciate him. Remember, we'll be continuing next week with part two of our discussion of director Ava DuVernay's Netflix series, When They See Us. You don't want to miss the conclusion of this powerful discussion. Be sure to check out the ARC in Detroit Church. Their services are Sunday at 2 p.m. and they're located at 17400 2nd Avenue, Detroit, Michigan, 48203. And remember to follow them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash arcdetroit.org. Remember to check out the blog entitled When They See Us where we discuss some of the very things we talked about during tonight's show. And this is your opportunity to chime in on the discussion, and maybe your comment will make next week's show. So go to michaelnimmons.com, click the post on the homepage. It only takes about 10 minutes to read it and leave us a comment. And who knows, you may hear your comment on next week's show. Thanks again for tuning in to tonight's show. We truly, truly appreciate it. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Your support helps us to increase our rankings and exposure across the World Wide Web. Tune in next week where we're going to be continuing and concluding our discussion again of Ava DuVernay's docuseries, When They See Us. And so until next time, always remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got. To get what you want, the power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Be sure to support all of our radio show partners. If you like the show, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. Want to book radio show host Michael Nimitz for a speaking engagement, book signing, or corporate event? Send an email to contact at michaelnimitz.com. Be sure to follow the show on all of its social media accounts on Instagram at the TOL Radio Show, on Twitter at TOL Radio Show, or on our Facebook fan page at www.facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Are you an entrepreneur? Want to advertise? Become a Thinking Out Loud Radio Show partner and take advantage of our free introductory advertising offers. Send an email to Thinking Out Loud Radio Show at gmail.com for more details. Visit the new home of the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show at www.michaelnemons.com forward slash TOL Radio Show. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you.